Hi, Michael Midas here. Welcome to the Mysterious Bluffs. A few blocks away from my antique store is a restaurant called Piper's Panzerotti. It's a hole in the wall in an old brick building. It has about six tables and a takeout counter in front of the kitchen. You can buy a ready-made Panzerotti or order one from the menu. By the way, the only food this restaurant serves is Panzerotti. Ask for anything else and you'll get the evil Panzerotti eye. But the grub is amazing, so they've been doing well for years. Also, the basement has pool and foosball, and some really strange goat pictures on the walls. I've only been down there once, to use a restroom, and I saw some creepy characters. Mostly shaggy-haired men, dressed down, and a few women who weren't headed to a royal wedding. And a few of these folks stared at me like I didn't belong, even to use the restroom. My point is, the food at Piper's Panzerati is exceptional, because I'd rather stay away from a restaurant with a basement full of creeps. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this establishment is that I promised my employee Jeeves that if he had another freedom shot, I would split an extra-large Panzerati with him. Until I offered him one, he was saying no to another shot. Then, after hearing about the mouth-watering turnover, he was possessed by some strange entity. His eyes glowed red, and he smiled, and... I never knew he had fangs. To get him back to Earth, I turned on a 1943 General Electric table fan, then blew it in his face. So we went to the closest vaccine station, which is a little white tent in a small city park, and he had his next freedom shot. To celebrate, we visited Piper's Panzerati. It was mid-afternoon, so the shop was kind of empty. Jeeves sat down at a window seat while I ordered the Panzerati. A foot and a half long, deep-fried turnover, stuffed with salami, pepperoni, and mozzarella. While it was being prepared, I sat down with Jeeves and asked how he felt after the freedom shot. He said, a bit dizzy, but he's not worried. And also, he's not worried the second shot might make his marriage less romantic than the first shot did. I said to him, freedom can come with a price, even if the price is liberating. I caught the ear of this strange man sitting at a nearby table. He turned to us and said, freedom shouldn't cost you your romance life. I was like, what are you talking about? Just eat your Panzerati. Then I recalled him from somewhere. His long nose, slicked back gray hair, and pale skin, and his beige trench coat. I'd seen him in it before. Then it hit me. I said, 
I was at a Mexican restaurant. You sat down at my table and said that you have a personal problem. Your wife thinks you're a psychopath who is responsible for the missing singers of the Universal Harmony Choir. And your wife's name is Macy. And the name sounds familiar to me. Because, did you marry Macy Maxton? He smiled from ear to ear and said, Macy is the most beautiful woman in the world. Hearing that, I was left near speechless. Well, not quite. You see, I went to grade school with Macy Maxton until she smuggled a bottle of gasoline into a toy store, lit the doll section on fire, then bit and kicked customers until the smoke was too thick for her to breathe. She ran out, leaving four people to die, then went home and watched Gilligan's Island until the SWAT team kicked her door down. She was placed in an institution for child offenders, and that was supposed to be it for her. Of course, I wasn't about to mention Macy's atrocity to her husband. The smile on his face said that Macy had been rehabilitated into a caring, responsible human being. And I was ready to enjoy a Panzerati. There was a better time to ask why in Macy's youth did she murder four people in a toy store and how did she get out of jail? I asked the man for his name. He said, Joe. Well, Joe who? Joe Maxton. I asked, is Macy a distant family member? He said, no. Our last name was the same before we met. Just a coincidence. All right then. So why don't you think freedom should cost me my romantic life? Joe said, a while back, Macy and I were on the verge of divorce. Then we got our freedom shot. Since then, we've been loving each other like never before. And guess what? Macy's pregnant, and we've been trying for years. I asked, how can you have a baby with the mass murderer? Right then, a bell rang at the counter. My Panzerati was ready. Jeeves offers to get it. He gets up, takes a deep breath, then puts his hand on his heart. I said, Jeeves, are you okay? He says yes, then wobbles over to the counter. By then, Joe was red in the face, but I had to speak my mind. I said, what if Macy can't handle a baby crying and she loses it? This is when Jeeves collapsed at the counter. The clerk, a punky dude with a blue streak in his hair and a nose ring, says, Has this guy had a freedom shot lately? I was like, screw off, you anti-vaxxer. I've had four shots and I'm freer than ever. So get off your ass and call an ambulance. The clerk says, I can't do that. My eyes are sensitive to flashing lights. Well, it wasn't time to ask why. But I'll bet it's because he plays a lot of pool in the basement. Anyway, I didn't want Jeeves to die. 
What would I do without the old boy? I was about to drag his shaky body back to the antique store. When Joe says, I shouldn't tell you how to save Jeeves. Because you insulted my loving wife. But your friend seems like a good guy. And good guys deserve to be saved. I asked, how do I save him? Joe wrenched up a deviously joyful grin. He said, order the Buenos Aires special and feed it to your friend. It will heal him. I asked, what's in it that makes it special? Joe said, don't ask or they won't serve it to you. So I order the Buenos Aires special and the clerk grins. It was the same grin as Joe. Deviantly joyful. (laughs) From nowhere, a second Panzerati appears on the counter. It was smaller, but had a sparkly glare surrounding it. Like a halo. The glare was mesmerizing. The clerk said, Your order is ready. I said, Where did it come from? Joe leaned over and said, Don't ask any questions. I got up and went to the counter. Jeeves was shaken on the ground. I asked him, Are you okay? He he nodded his head to say yes. I tore off a piece of the Buenos Aires special and stuffed it in his mouth. He chewed and swallowed and his body stopped shaking and he smiled. I said, Jeeves, how are you doing? He jumped up like a young grasshopper and said, I feel fresher than ever. Then Jeeves shrunk about six inches. I couldn't believe my eyes. I patted him on the head to make sure he was really shorter. And he was. I said, Jeeves, you're drowning in your clothes. He looked down upon himself and asked, What happened? I said, Hugh collapsed, ate a piece of the Buenos Aires special, then got up and shrunk six inches. We better scram before your head turns into a cantaloupe. I told the clerk to bag the Panzerottis. The clerk said, No way! The first rule of Piper's Panzerotti is the Buenos Aires special doesn't leave the premises. You eat it here, or we take it back, and pretend we never heard of it before. I said, then I'm not paying for it. The clerk said, it's on the house. Just apologize to Joe for the mean things you said about his wife. For me, apologizing was a bit much to deal with. Jeeves had just shrunk six inches. Saying sorry didn't feel right. Well, with one exception. I said to the clerk, How about 10% off my Panzerati? Then I'll apologize. The guy says, Okay. I looked deeply into Joe's eyes and said, I'm sorry your wife is a psychopath that killed four people in a toy store. Joe smiled with deviant joy. Apology accepted. I tell you, Saying sorry was the best thing I've done in a long time. It felt good. It felt natural. 
I could get hooked on saying sorry. Right then, I apologized to Jeeves that he was six inches shorter and had to buy new clothes. Jeeves said thanks, and that saying sorry made his mood lighter than his new weight. Thanks for listening to The Mysterious Bluffs. 